0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the World Class Agency podcast. On this show we will be talking to Sashen Pabari from Get Olivia, a man who Sam and I have both had um, dealings with. He's, really, he's a really interesting guy, I think he's got a very interesting product um, and I'm really looking forward to hearing from him. As ever I'm joined by Sam Hunter from Home Search. Sam, how's it going? You've been a busy man I believe.
1: <laughs> to, to like pull the curtain, well good morning Mark, and and maybe to pull the curtain back on, on how we uh, do these podcasts before we hit record, we were talking off air about how we'd start our little introduction and I was saying to you that I just had nothing to say because like I've spent the, my entire it's now Tuesday morning, we spent the whole weekend working. Um, yeah, there hasn't been a lot going on in our lives. i like Felicity and I Skyped both our parents on Sunday morning and they were like, what have you been doing? everything like that? And I was like, well, it's raining and it's windy and yeah. Both of us sat in our living room on, like, on our laptops pretty much the entire weekend and got Deliveroo twice. So unfortunately, <laughs> there's not a lot of stories to tell in my life this
0: week. What about you? Uh, very similar, mate. I, I was just <laughs> saying to you that um, all we seem to do at home and in our life is talk about work at the moment which I love my work don't get me wrong I just feel like maybe need a little bit of focus more on work-life balance is my sort of personal predicament I think it's one of those things it feels like with these storms that maybe you know it's all consuming sometimes when you can't go out and and take a walk are you still on your um, 90 day one year no beer by the way
1: Yep, I am. I actually just booked a stag do for the last weekend in March, which is like day eighty-nine and day ninety. So uh, I'm going to I'm going to stay strong. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go and work. Uh, a mate of mine's going on holidays and lives in a, a flat in Lisbon, so he's going away for a week. So I'm going to go and work from Lisbon for a week and then nice. catch up with some of my mates um, that weekend for for a stag do. And yeah, I've got to last four hours, so I might have a beer at the end of the stag, um, but we'll see how we go.
0: So. I, oh, I've got stuck to this weekend. Actually, as it happened. So
1: <laughs> nice. Maybe next week we'll have some better stories to tell.
0: <laughs> Maybe they might not might not be uh, suitable for for this family podcast. <laughs> <laughs> should we uh, Should we dive straight in and get start, get Sashin involved?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Today's guest comes armed with a career of customer experience experience. He knows that the key to building, running, and growing any successful business, estate agency, or otherwise, comes back to how you serve rather than how you sell. He's quickly becoming known as the nicest guy in the estate agency supplier. Otherwise, he's the CEO of Get Olivia, and he's just released a set of videos from the Watkins sofa that we would definitely recommend watching. Sachin Babari, welcome to the World Class Agency podcast.
2: Morning, Sam and uh, Mark. Uh, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Looking forward to being on. Good, hey, good morning. Thanks. Yeah, thanks very much for coming on. I think um,
0: Sam's going to perhaps trial you for the nicest guy in a state agency from, from other people, I think, that uh, <laughs> I yeah. speak to. So uh, we'll, we'll see who can take that crown, shall we? Maybe, maybe we should talk about it at the end. So actually, um, <laughs> Sam talked a little bit there about um, Get Olivia. We've had numerous conversations over probably the last year, but um, tell me a little bit about your background, your history, and, and where Get Olivia came from, please, if we could start with that. I think that'd be really good to give the
2: listeners a bit of an idea of your background. Yeah, yeah, of course. Without starting right from the scratch, um, just a sort of, uh, brief background. I, I was a trader actually in the sea to begin with. Um, yep. there's a bit of a, like, you know, move to like a proper tangent to get into you know, a totally different industry. But um, what happened was, uh, I was doing a bit of work for a friend uh, who runs a company that sells investment properties off plan. Mm-hmm. And, um, when I was consulting for him, um, I saw just the, the you know the, the intense level of inquiries that are coming in um, overnight, uh, and then you know whilst sort of working with them to create sort of scripts to qualify leads, uh, you just saw the, the, the repetition, you know the chance to potentially automate um, the, yeah. you know, these conversations. so that's where the the original sort of idea came from, but not knowing much about um, you know customer experience um and obviously responding back to leads initially your first thought is to you know to automate that that process so Mm -hmm. you know we actually olivia was initially a company called handle.ai and there was a chatbot to begin with um and we trial that um and you know for being brutally honest it just fell flat on its ass um you know it just couldn't ai didn't have the level of context or couldn't continue conversations that you know the necessary level to progress leads through to conversion um yeah. which is when we started to play with the idea of having a hybrid model which was agents plus um productivity tools to help support them to deliver fast conversations and uh and that's kind of how olivia was spawned um and it was uh, yeah so that that's, that's sort of rough background on how it came about
1: can I, cool. I, I, might, I might jump in, and, and this is the first time we've actually gone off our list of questions before even asking the first one. Um, but <laughs> you, you, you touched on, you were your first thought was like, oh, we should automate this. Um, but you've now come back to actually there needs to be a bit of human interaction. I was with a guy on Tuesday morning this week who said to me that he was looking for efficiency in his business. And I asked him what efficiency looked like. And he said, well, I contacted 200 people yesterday uh, who hadn't had a valuation in two years. And I said, you haven't had a valuation in two years, which would you like me to pop out? And I said, that must, must have taken you all day. Did you do a bit of research? And he said, no, I just BCC'd everyone and said, hi, you haven't had a valuation in the last two years. And so <laughs> I, I challenged him on whether that was efficient. Um, and so it's interesting that you your first thought was, let's try and automate this probably to go at scale and to get, as many leads responded to as possible. But what you've actually worked out is the more engagement and interaction and actual human led approach that you get with those leads, the better they become. So it's, you're getting more by perhaps actually doing less. Do, my question is, does the market in your opinion, or does the data suggest the people out there actually want automation?
2: It's, it's a, it's a great story. Um, also a great question. Um, I tell you how we answered it. Um, I think initially being brought on as a consultant to a business, you're trying to solve business problems, um, and <clears throat> you yeah, know automation sounds great from a business perspective because obviously it gives you scale. You know it, the cost is cheaper. Uh, it gives you efficiency, at least in the how the guy described to you in your story. Um, but really, we all know that great products or great services are built thinking of the user first. Now, when you flip it, you know on that from that angle and um, what you'll find is that you know from the, the research that we did after we failed was you know there were three things that customers or you know inquirers or leads want and that is they want a fast response which you know both solutions can solve um but they want a helpful um agent and often polite being very high up there as well um and they want a quality quality conversation um so so you know those were the three things that we learned after speaking to Um, you know a whole heap of users um, and that's what led us to 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 sort of pivot I would say
1: cool I I think that quality of conversation and being helpful is you can send (coughs) someone something back immediately that says thanks for your inquiry and you think I've handled that inquiry but if it's not helpful and polite and quality as you say then I don't think it does damage but you're not you're not getting anywhere near as much uh, engagement or opportunities maybe the right word from from any lead
2: yeah, I, th- I think also people seem to think that it's, this cr- it's almost crazy that people seem to think that, you know, qualification of leads is like a one way street. So, um, you know, just imagine a real world analogy, um, you know, let's take automation, you know, and put it into sort of a real world context, like Mark, you, you have a, uh, with works. you know, physical location, mm-hmm. imagine your, um, you know, how much well how this would make you feel if a customer walks into your shop and the first thing you did was just pass them over a form and said fill this out (laughs) you know what the first the the most natural response would be hi you know hi sam you know is there anything i can do to help you know today or do you have any questions i can help with so it's it's a two-way street there they need to have the space to qualify you just they would like they would if they had a physical conversation and it's like this this you know madness is sort of like you know come over people to think that that doesn't apply in the digital world it applies exactly the same it's still a conversation so so yeah
0: that's, i think that's i think that's a fantastic analogy um of if considering somebody people talk about your web, website as your digital shop front so i think that's a, a really good thing for people to consider one of our questions that i was going to ask i think you've probably covered it off um, Sachin, but. I picked up in your story there, you talked about the importance of conversion. So how important is man chat as against an automated chatbot, and what um to sort of
2: conversion figures do you tend to see? Okay. This, yeah. Great question. We've got, we've got, you know, a ton of data um, obviously pre Olivia and post, you know, once Olivia came around as well and, you know, in, and then there's obviously, you know, of data available publicly, which says that, you know, if you're responding via email and it's automated, you'll be lucky to get a sort of 30% opening rate via email um, and then, you know, a sort of a, a much lower sort of engagement rate. Um, you've got a few other tools out there that have, you know, close to 50% engagement rates, whereas uh, because our opening question is always uh, for Olivia and it's man powered, is always, you know, do you have any questions you can ask us? We can get somewhere between an 80 to 90% uh, engagement rate, and that depends on, uh, you know, geography mainly. Um, so obviously, the more people comfortable are communicating via the channels that we respond by, which are SMS and WhatsApp, um, you know, the, that engagement will go rate right will go higher. Um, so yeah, that's that's a.
0: And that is massive because I suppose it's just like any marketing funnel, the more you stick in the top, the more you get out of the bottom. So you're
2: going to be getting much more conversions if you're open. Yeah. It's a, engagement it's, pits. A, it's a 300%. I mean, if you take right move as an example, and everyone obviously can, you know, is well, The industry complains about how much money they spend on right move. But ultimately, you know, if you're engaging three times more of those leads, those are three times more opportunities in your funnel. Um, so, so yeah. yeah.
1: I'd agree with that. Talk, talking about funnels, you guys ran a, like a free trial with Olivia through the Christmas period. How'd it go? Uh,
2: it, it went really well. I mean, it went well. Um, you know, I think our clients, the main thing is our clients appreciated because it wasn't just extended to new clients, it was to our existing clients as well. So our clients loved us for it. Uh, you know, we gave them peace of mind that they can, Take Christmas off and uh know that everything's being covered by Olivia in a really high quality way um, so that their clients loved it then we also attracted new clients uh, i would say uh we converted maybe six new clients off the back of that um that offer which which you know for us it you know paid it more than paid for itself uh and i, I just think it increased our sort of our reputation in terms of like we're we're trying to be good guys and we're really trying to make you know uh, make a difference but do it the right way so
1: yeah you know. i'm fully subscribed to that mentality can i ask yeah um what what were the sort of inquiries that you got through that period everyone talks about you need to have your property on the market over christmas and mm-hmm. it's about it's, you know it's, it's about as far from christmas as it can be at the moment but i'm interested to know was the activity as an estate agent would have told a potential vendor it was going to
2: be Oh, it was crazy. I mean, yeah, cool. you know, this the sort of like the, 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 you know, it's just dying off, dying off, dying off, dying off, you know, plateauing towards zero on Christmas Day. And then, you know, Boxing Day, just an absolute explosion of activity. Um, and that continued. And obviously it petered off before, you know, New Year's Day a little bit. But, you know, there were genuine inquiries, not people wasting your time. So anyone who did have the strategy of marketing around Boxing Day uh, I would say it worked. From our point of view, it's worked really well because, you know, th- those are vendors who probably got to buyers that, you know, other um, agents didn't get to. So, so yeah. Um,
0: so, so, right move, right move, Boxing Day stats, so you reckon, are true. Interesting.
2: I think so. I mean, we like, you know, don't get me wrong, we've got people you, we had, I, I think I screenshotted a few conversations of people asking Olivia around for leftovers and uh, <laughs> joining, joining him for drinks and stuff like that. So there's pro- probably a few wasted inquiries there, but, but on, the whole, on the whole.
0: So yep. you didn't have Christmas off then, it's fair to say
2: uh well, I, I don't think i ever have a day off I'm like sam i'm sure well i mean yeah i don't know how sam handles it but yeah generally i'm just i'm I'm a very intense character and you know like this is this is my baby and it doesn't it doesn't sleep so
1: i hear that brother <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um you talked about getting out to buy as other agents missed and and sam was kind of asking about getting um the message across that we talk about as agents of Boxing Day and what have you. I know a lot of the stuff that you've done with Chris Watkin, um, those videos I've utilised, the first video actually, thank you very much. Um, <laughs> so I know a lot of that stuff is about transparency um, between vendors and estate agents and trying to improve um, how we communicate with them. How important do you think that is for you know the modern day estate agent that we get our message across
2: and can be completely transparent with our clients? I, I think it's, it, you know, trust sells ultimately, um, you know, and I'll I'll sort of, you know, touch on this maybe a a little bit later, but I, 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 you know, I think communication, um, and transparency are are what vendors primarily above everything else want from their service, um, from agents. Um, and without that, you know, they're not going to use you again. Um, so, so I think it's it's crucially important. And you know, there are very simple tools which I've, you know, which we've helped to build on the Chris Watkins uh, sofa to to create that transparency. I mean, I was at um uh, Troy Mal- Malcolm masterclass uh which was run by Stephen Brown, and um, you know, one of the things he says that you know the McGraw team over in Australia sets them apart is that you know, while, while the other agents in town are updating their vendors on a Monday after doing their weekend viewings, you know, it's set protocol for them to update them within a few hours on a Saturday afternoon, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and that really is, they're, they're just one step ahead of the curve and the vendor appreciates that. So I think that's, that's absolutely crucial. Um, and then also, you know, we, we try to, we, we also provide marketing material for our agents now and um, for them to pass on to their vendors at pitches Uh, to help them understand the importance of um you know some of the data that we have um and why it's why it's crucial so we're 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 fully vested in helping create that sort of transparent you know um feedback loop between the the vendor and the uh, and the agent and some of our agents have crazy conversion rates so um so yes i think it works
0: and the transparency piece is something that estate agents haven't done particularly well i know that um one of the, I think one of the reasons that online estate agents have gathered a little bit of traction is because their prices are transparent and estate yeah. agents still, a lot of estate agents will not put the fees on, on the website.
2: It's something that people want to know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just crazy, isn't it? I mean, like, you know, u- you know ultimately the, everyone wants to know the truth, don't they? <laughs> um, and I think there's just, it's for too long. You know, estate agency, the industry's had a bad name um, because of the lack of transparency, because people avoid the truth, because they think they know better, because they think they can bend the, I mean, you know, it starts from day dot, doesn't it? I mean, when, you know, we've got a reputation of coming into the living room and lying about the valuations, (laughs) um, you know, maybe lying is a strong word, but, but, you know, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe that's true. Massaging. Um, Yeah. Massaging. And I think it starts from there. And if it's starting from there, like, what does that say about, you know, the general level of, um, service towards the vendor when it comes to trust and transparency so but yeah it really needs to be
0: addressed i think and you talked about there troy malcolm the immediacy of feedback i think that's a really good point because as a as a house seller once you've you know put the effort of tidying your house you've taken the kids and the dog to the park when you get back and then you don't hear from your agent for two days that's not particularly good um customer service because you're thinking did they like it did they like it did they like it so, <laughs> How, yeah. how, how important is the immediacy in the other, the other parts? So the parts to your business that you do, the immediacy with dealing with right move leads or dealing with live chat there, and then how important does
2: that piece become to um, an estate agent, do you think, Sachin? Before, before I just quickly move on to that, I would just say there's actually two great agents, so Sam Hunter and Troy Malcolm, who both said that even, even, even if there's no news, um, that's still news that you should update your uh, vendor with. Yeah. so you know so, so yeah um but i would just the the immediacy when it comes to uh on the other side so you know when it comes to responding back to um right move leads and, and all your customer inquiries is i mean that's sort of fully proven by the engagement rate the engagement rate is at 90 percent because of the fact you know we are contacting people when they are on their screen looking for their Property that you know the home of their dreams. It's you know they're thinking of that goal at that time, and we're getting back to them. So it, you know it's crucial for your business, but but also you know it's it's what the uh, you're providing a great experience because the customer is thinking about you know so, some type of goal, and, um, and you're helping to service that the, at the right time. And um, I think there's there's another part of it as well that oh sorry Sam, you said so would you like to ask? Oh, so I think there's another part of it um that also is quite important um you know you could you could be you could respond back quickly um to these leads but you know you can only catch you couldn't phone people mark if i was to phone you up after 10 p.m calling you back to say by the way i'm you know responding back to your right move inquiry you probably <laughs> told me where to go um whereas there's you know and if i was to email you it would get lost mm-hmm. where there seems to be this sort of happy medium where whatsapp and sms like as a customer, I am happy to receive a message and have a message-based conversation in the evening um, with a business, and I think that's another key factor I just wanted to slip in there, Um, so yeah. Um,
1: The immediacy of feedback, I think, I couldn't agree with you more about how key it is. The faster that you're able to deliver any news, the more you're able to tell the truth, and so one, one of the things, like I, I picked up on what you said before, the agents avoid telling the truth, and it's not that they're bad people or they want to lie. It's that when they get bad news, and bad news could look anything like we need a price reduction, or someone doesn't want to buy it, or the feedback was that the road was too busy, or the second bedroom was too small for them, or whatever it is. A lot of agents, we've now we've banned ourselves from saying loads of agents or or every agent anything like that, but there are a lot of agents out Alan. there that are, like, that are like, yeah, a lot of Alan down the roads. <laughs> who don't, don't want to have, you know, those courageous, chest-beating conversations. And you have to have a bit of courage to ring someone and say, listen, I know you love your second bedroom, and it suits you because you put all your crap in there. You've got a snowboard and two bikes. But the family that viewed it who are looking for a two-bedroom because they've got a young babies, it's not the right yeah. size for them. And this is their feedback. But if you do that five minutes after the viewing, it's so much easier. You get it out of the way. You're not overthinking it in your head. And actually the person on the other end of the phone just goes, Okay, cool, thanks for letting me know. And then they're not stewing, like you say, going, Well, did they like it? Did not they like it? Are they gonna make an offer? So For your own for your own purposes, like getting that feedback out so fast, and there's there's nothing better than having a view and giving some negative feedback to go then and get a, a, a like a price adjustment on a Wednesday evening when you're doing your weekly reporting or anything like that, you know? Yeah. Whereas if you, if you leave it till Wednesday and you're going and you're talking about the feedback, then that's all they hear. You can't have another conversation and they they're going to need time to absorb that. So yes. response time, lead time, everything makes sense. But that you, you hit the nail on the head there about avoiding truth and, and that comes back to why immediate feedback, good or bad, is so crucial.
0: But we live in an yeah. immediate world now, as well, don't we? You know, every every everyone's um, attention span is shorter than it's ever been, and um, that immediacy is so important in any business now, not just a state agency. I reckon for,
1: for good news, group. it is. People will avoid bad news longer than ever now. You know, yeah. Um, if, if someone gets an email and it's from their boss and it says the word review in it, they'll be like, I'll read that tonight. <laughs> you know?
2: Yeah,
0: I
1: mean, yeah. They won't they won't but, look at it or anything like that. But if it's good news, they'll open it because it'll distract yeah. it from whatever else they're yeah. what you doing.
2: You know. It's so true. But yeah, you know, um, there's you know, just let's put it back to a sort of real world analogy again, you know, with yeah. relation, relationships and like, you know, um, you know, if you were to tell your girlfriend, partner, um, you know, if you had some bad news to deliver and you waited, um, you know, she would probably be unhappy with you. Yeah? If you tell her quickly, you buy yourself some credit. At least she knows that you're a man that sort of delivers the truth you know, yeah. um, and does it quickly. And, and yeah, it's the same thing. You're just, you're building a relationship there. Um, yeah, just I mean, I think a lot of modern businesses are built on the foundation of transparency. Now, there's a a book which I'm sort of touching on right now, which is Ray Dalio Principles. Mm. Um, Good and book. And yeah, 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 re- really enjoying it. Um, and and you know, very much part of that is talking about building your business on
1: radical transparency. transparency. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So, we cool. we tried similar stuff like that about everyone bringing up everyone's like being being that radically honest. Yeah, it, got, it, it got a bit weird yeah we're not yeah, it got a bit weird we're not quite there yet
2: yeah 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 neither am i i'm sort of like as long as it's not i mean i'm just worried it'll all be directed at me to be honest so then i might like, shut 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 down that initiative
1: he- heavy is the head that wears the crown man
2: yeah, yeah exactly yeah
1: um so, so i want to ask you uh a question about like Time management or management tools and things like that. I know you've had some stuff to say about Trello. Um, are there any sort of tools out there that you think an agent can use to perhaps be a little bit more productive in their day outside Olivia? Obviously, plug.
2: Yeah, uh, I think it's like of the highest importance actually to figure out what tasks uh, you can do. Three things which are with which is either delegate, automate, uh, or actually say no to um and that you know will increase your um your, you know your time management skills so so yeah I, what i would say is you know i i would i personally use asana and trello and um, what i do with our tasks that come in i filter them all into um a system which sort of grades them as high value medium value or low value uh high, high time of time medium amount of time and low amount of time and i essentially try to focus on tasks that have high impact and take a low amount of time. Um, and ones which have low impact and take a high amount of time, unfortunately I pass them off or try to figure out ways to automate them. But, but that is essentially the, the framework for, um, for figuring out my day.
1: How, how long does it take you to get comfortable with delegating? Because this is something that I reckon a lot of business owners who listen to this who maybe have a team of two or three, but they still want to do everything because it's just the way that it's been done. I know I suffer from this, I'm a massive control freak. But I'm getting better, uh, not not better as fast as I'd like to get, but I'm better than I was yesterday. So,
2: yeah, it's, I I only if I'm being totally honest, I really struggle with it, and it's not because of the control factor. Actually, I look at it in a slightly different way. Um, you know, our team is small. Uh, we have altogether, including agents, which we're talking about twelve people, uh, but four people are sort of working on the product day to day. Now, I don't want to, you know, I know Kissan, who's my CTO. His core, his main skill towards us, amongst his business acumen, is his ability to develop and create, you know, execute on that roadmap. I don't want to take away his time from that, you know. So I try to, you know, fill in all the gaps for him, just as a sort of good, you know, team guy there. Um, yeah. So yeah. Cool. cool.
0: And and do you does your team work off so like if. They, they come into work day one, open it, it's straight into Asana and they work completely off that and you are directing them using kind of the work that you've done before they get there and you've put all these um, different tasks over to them. Is that how your, your team operates, session?
2: Yeah, so, so we work from, I would say predominantly we work, I personally will work from for my task from uh, Asana, but from the team task we work from Trello. And we do we do two-week sprints. Um, and essentially, we'll have one, one week of planning where we figure out what we're going to do for two weeks. Yeah. Um, and then after two weeks, we review that and do another week of planning. And everyone works from that same Trello board. I'm sure Sam probably uses something similar. Um much so. So,
1: yeah. yeah, we Yeah, we, we use Jira for all our development stuff. And then um, we sort of flick between whatever free tool we like next on our own project <laughs> management. But I'm Osgo. I'm I still run a paper diary. I have my to-do list, I write it, I write it every night. <laughs> yep. I, cro- I cross it off. It just, for me, being able to have take with me all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, it was what I was, like, I, I run, my diary still looks like what it was when I was a PA because that's what my boss's diary looked like and I learned it. And it's how I sort of try and say to people, right, do this, it will focus you. You've got work, you've got appointments, you've got personal, yeah. it's all there. Yeah, it just it gives you me... Find
2: con- it- do you find that you become more sort of like vested or with it if you write it down? Because I've heard that before. Yeah, like, yeah.
1: 100%. You, yeah. I, I try. You,
2: you get the yeah, reward man. of
0: ticking it off as well, don't you? I, I'm exactly the same. I still Most write it. yeah i still write out a jobs to do list i think it's like selling that you've got to find whatever works for you and these management tools are great i asked the question incidentally because we've tried trello and we end building a big trello board and then because we're logging into the crm and our back office we don't log into it so i was asking it more for uh, my selfish reasons (laughs) so sorry
2: (laughs) that wasn't if that wasn't relevant Um, i mean we, we, we're, we're getting it's not perfect we're getting better better, better at so yeah you know um, but it's a great tool
1: that's that's all you can ask for i think is if you're getting better um yeah yeah so i want to ask you a question that we ask everybody to sort of wrap these these episodes up and that is what does world-class state agency look like to you
2: right it's an interesting question and because i've obviously heard the, the podcast before i thought i'd do a little bit of preparation for this so Ooh, wow i think <laughs> So I, I firstly wanted to define what world well-class state agency, at least like how would I get um, you know, a metric for this? So uh, entertain me if you will. Uh, I asked um, in, in the sort of startup world, I don't know if you heard this Sam, but uh, there's this sort of product market fit um, sort of definition where if uh, over 40% of your customers or clients uh, would be very disappointed if your service wasn't around again, then that would deem that you have product market fit. And then tools like Apple, I mean, companies like Apple or Airbnb, reach a 50, 60, 80, 70% plus metric. So that was my metric to sort of figure out what is world-class estate agency. So I asked some of my clients to run a survey for us. Cool. And the clients that hit over that bar, uh, which was above 40%, I then uh, took those, um, those vendors and asked them what would, the world class agency for you um, and yes. asked them on um, what would be the main benefit of that particular client. And they came back to me and gave me a whole heap of answers. You'd be shocked to know that quick sale, negotiation, best price only represented 10% of all the answers. Cool. Uh, the other 90% was all encompassed by communication, transparency, being kept in the loop, speed of speed of response. So my answer to what is world class estate agency is being accessible, making sure that you respond back quickly and being extremely transparent. Um, and that was sort of proven by the data that we got, although a small sample set. But yeah. So awesome. Hopefully that helps. Some will be rather well impressed with the yeah, answer.
1: I, I just love the fact that you were like, I'm gonna be on this podcast, so I'm gonna go and find an answer. So that it, it Probably, de- I mean, I would imagine that your opinion would have shared those responses, because it's it's what you invest your life into. But I think you invest your life into it because you believe in it, and it's nice to see that that um, is supported by what people expect from from their world class agents.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I, I wholeheartedly believe that we're we're approaching a time where. You know we can share stories and information so quickly due to social media that if you deliver an amazing customer experience you will um you'll gain customers and traction because of that and i think sam like home search are a, you know are, are you know an example of that because you know you guys have gained a lot of your traction i would say a part on products but also a part on the fact that you really focus on the customer yeah, um, yeah. So yeah,
1: yeah. That, that that's that's my whole role here now. Is all, all I care about are the people that are using our product and making sure that they're heard and that they're happy. So and that yeah. a lot of that's come from the conversations that you I've had over the last couple of years as well.
0: And that comes that comes across as well. You know, speaking to a lot of agents, that definitely um, comes across. It's probably why we talked about the nicest guy in in real estate. But sorry, Sam, I think Sashin
2: wins that for comparing you to Troy Malcolm. Fair enough. <laughs> but he is also going to pay me for this as well so. <laughs> you're talking about
1: you're talking about Troy right
2: <laughs> i'm a, i'm a good negotiator <laughs> yeah um, but that's only, that's
0: only 10% that's only 10% that there, i
2: yeah so I, I i the other if any if there are any estate agents out there that actually i mean this survey which i ran for you know some of our clients was actually really interesting mm. and if there are any any people out there who would like us to run it for them uh, then you know get in touch. It literally will only take us half an hour to set up for you and um you'll get some interesting results from it. So on yeah. that note,
1: how can people get in touch? Uh
2: so they can either uh email me at Sachin at getolivia.co, they can visit the website www.getolivia.co uh, either book in a call with us or drop in a message on live chat. Um and yeah those are the main ways to get get in contact. So amazing. Sachin,
1: uh that's a really good place to leave it. This has been the hyper insightful mark and i are going to unpack this now thank you so much for giving us your time um, and your insights and your expertise i think for me immediacy of feedback is key so i'm going to give you some we're very grateful for your time uh it, it yeah i think anyone who's listening to this is going to pick up some gems and, and understand that actually if they want to get world class it comes back to what they do for their clients
2: pleasure thanks for having me on and keep up the good work guys You're doing an amazing job amazing thank you very much Sashin. will speak to you soon
0: um, a massive thank you to Sashin for joining us on today's podcast. A really interesting insight into his company, Get Olivia, but also I think some really good takeaways on user experience, putting the consumer first. And I thought I never I never knew that about his company, how it kind of transversed from a chatbot company to to manned chat. I think that, mm. I thought that was a really interesting insight. We spoke to Dan Fells about it, didn't we? About having manned chat um on his website, you know quite a while ago. And he kind of believed very much in that. And obviously Sashin is a massive fan of having somebody behind the chat function as well. I think that's really interesting.
1: It it makes perfect sense because a robot might be really convenient, but a person can have a bit of intuition and they're able to sort of, particularly if that other person's being really short in the way that they're chatting, and we've learned this with our live chat, you know, some people are like, Hey Dan, cause they remember the name. It's like, Hey, I'm having this problem. Or, Hey, can you let me know how to do this? Or Hey, is this problem? Or this is a good idea. And other people, uh, are just like, can't make my reports, my color full stop, <laughs> you know? And so if it's a robot, it's going to always say the same thing. I was just like, hello, thank you. <laughs> you know? And, and they'll always have that automated sunny disposition. Whereas, yeah. <laughs> If, yeah, if you've got a person on the other end of the line, maybe you can sense a bit of tone, and you can just sort of be like, and you can you can empathise with them a little bit more. It's difficult to program empathy, as I try and explain to my developers all the time. So,
0: well, Sachin talked about having a quality conversation. He talked about the the three things that he thought were important in chat: a fast response, so mm. you can do that with chatbot or man man chat, um, polite and helpful agent. Again, you could probably do that with with both, but the quality conversation is is the big one, isn't it? And it's it's going a step people that work with Sashin take their customer service a step further than just the chat because it's all of those opportunities from right move leads, digivals and answering them immediately with a with a person rather than anything else. I think that's you know, from a customer service point of view, that's absolutely fantastic. So
1: At the top of the pod, we talked about doing nothing on the weekend. So I actually inquired on a property on the weekend to go and buy. It looked like a, it was exactly what we were looking for, except it was on the other side of London. And I was like, yeah, I could live there, I guess. Um, And so I sent an inquiry at 9.45 Saturday morning. Like we'd just done park run. We came back inside and I won't name the agency, but I sent an inquiry, heard nothing all weekend. So nothing automated, nothing manual, no email, no phone call, no anything. I got to work on Monday. One of the guys that I work with lives right near where we inquired on the property. And I was like, what do you reckon about this? And I was like, seems almost too good to be true. And so we home searched it. Photo on home search wasn't the photo on the listing, which I thought was you really mean You weird. didn't
0: home search it before.
1: I did, but I was there with Jack. And so <laughs> I said to him, I was like, do you think it's weird that like their image on right move doesn't line up with the image that, on the street view. And so then we went and checked to make sure we had the right one, and we did. Anyway, I sent another inquiry at 9.30 yesterday, so Monday morning. And I said, hey, guy, I typed my message this time before. It was just, you know, you got to fill in all your details. And you're like, I don't yeah. have a house to sell, blah, blah, blah. So I typed a message and I said, hey, I inquired on this on Saturday. I'm just wondering if someone could give me a call. And to their credit, the agent called me within maybe half an hour. But yeah. it, it, the phone call was like, um, hi, I'm calling you about your inquiry. And I'm like, sorry, I, I didn't catch your name. And I knew that where they were from because it was the only one I'd inquired on uh, for the last couple of days at least. And so she told me her name and I said, this is still on the market uh, because it seems like it's really good. I'd like to go and see it. And she's like, oh, no, it's sold. And I was like, oh, is there a reason why it's not marked under offer? Because it kind of seems like it's baity to me. And she was like, oh, it's just gone under offer. Sorry, we haven't updated our system yet. And I was like, oh, that's no worries at all. I said, it's weird. It's weird because I know the area really well and I just blagged it. And I was like... (laughs) It doesn't look like the house, but I think it is. Is there a reason why the photo is not the right photo? And she just sort of stutters and is like, oh, I don't, I don't know anything about that. Um, and this has devolved into more of a story about my shitty experience with this estate agent. But more so, I was disappointed. And I sort of knew that one, it definitely wasn't still for sale because I didn't hear anything on Saturday, you know? Yeah. But I was, I was interested enough or intrigued enough more so to, to push again. And I think if that's the experience that somebody who potentially is inquiring about a property they do have to sell, let alone if that buyer then has something to sell or it's a potential landlord, if that's the experience they're having, that company is costing themselves a significant amount of fees every year because they don't have that helpful, polite, quality conversation response that Sachin was talking about.
0: And, and from your perspective, even if you've ha- you'd have had an automated response on saturday you know it might not have been the response that you wanted but if you'd have had that immediate response your experience would have been completely different 100 yeah, percent, yeah had that had someone
1: come back to me even even just on saturday it doesn't have to be in an hour i'm cruisy but i just yeah. said look it's under offer can we take your details yeah. you know session talked about qualification agents thinking it's like a one-way street when it goes both ways you know yeah. i didn't i didn't even get qualified you know there was like a and is this what you're looking for and i said i'm very particular about floor plan. This floor plan looked perfect for what I'm looking for. You know, everything was in what I would consider to be the right place. This is what I'm after. <laughs> and so she's like, I'll send you some other options. And I've gone, sure. You're more than welcome to it. And to her credit within 20 seconds, I had an email, but it looked like it came from this serum because it was all filled in. Like Hunter had a low H uh, because I typed it in right move with the lowercase H because I just yeah. auto filled everything. And so it looked like it was completely automated, no personalization, none of that quality conversation. Like, thanks for the call. It was, Dear Mr. Hunter, here are some properties that might suit you. And this property that I was inquiring on was in Ealing, and they, I got sent properties in Harrow, Wembley. And I was like, uh, it's just, you know, take the time and ask me a question, have a conversation with me, even just book in another call rather than just send me some shit that you have to sell that you think I'll, I've got to get well, my, my KPI. You know that that's one one of the things I think Sashin talked about was like do shit that will make your clients love you, and that none of that made me love them.
0: You know, what I was going to say is we're going we, we we're in danger of um. Well, sorry, no, you're in danger of rabbiting on about stuff that wasn't on Sashin's podcast. But actually, what this is this all is is ba- is basically evolved into a conversation about how your website is just a extension to your customer service so yeah. you've just talked about having a pretty shitty customer service with an estate agent Sashin's um conversation with us in the podcast was all about having a fantastic customer service experience online after you've completed a right move inquiry or a digival or whichever you know um kind of way you become introduced to an estate agency, so you get that fantastic customer service. And one of the big things for me that he talked about was, and I think this can sometimes get lost in estate in agents, particularly if you have an automated chatbot, is trying to progress leads through to conversion. Mm-hmm. So you just talked about your experience, how you know they didn't qualify you, they, they didn't really take a massive interest in what you want, sent you just an automated stuff, that's never going to lead you through to conversion. Now your conversion could be a mortgage appointment, could be a conveyancing referral, or it could be purchase of a property. But even that customer service, which was picking the phone up eventually, is not going to get you through to conversion, which I think actually from estate agents and customer service, it it all comes back to that, doesn't it?
1: Absolutely, You know, Satch talked about setting expectations around what it looks like to your clients. So again, maybe, using me as an example for this entire conversation is going to get boring. But if you're, if you're an agent and you're talking to anyone, you know, it's don't just ask them 10 questions, you know, let them know, Hey, I'm going to ask you some questions because the more I know about what you're looking for, the less shit that doesn't matter to you. I'm going to send you. Does that make sense? Like that's a, that's a way better way of starting that conversation than just going and what's your budget and how many bedrooms, and this is the only area. And do you have a mortgage and do you have a solicitor?
0: yeah absolutely and one of the things that I always say um whenever and this actually comes back from from my financial services days is um, I always say to clients when I meet them um, whether they walk into the office or whether i 'm out doing evaluation is you know the more information you can give me, the better advice that I can give you yeah and that and that I think you know is quite a good way to set the tone to then ask those questions because yeah. they know that you're doing it to to help them out It makes it much
1: less than a Spanish inquisition, and it's natural like when <laughs> If you, if you come, back, I like dating analogies when I'm talking about sales. And a first date, <laughs> a first date, right, where all you did was just ask the other side questions, you know, yep. would feel really weird, and you probably yes. wouldn't get a second date. So if you think, <laughs> if you think about that in business, you're talking yeah, from experience. Yeah, many times. Real real estate. This is why real estate saved my life. It just taught me how to. It, it taught me how to actually relate to people. You know. <laughs> if you can soften your questions like that and explain people, give it context as to why it's important that, you know, so you can actually help rather than just uh, like you're almost like a police person, like taking notes on them. You know, you're interrogating them rather than actually offering them advice. I think that that makes um, much more sense. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Um, We talked about the Chris Watkin videos that Sashin's done recently. I, I think I might have mentioned during, during the pod that I looked at one and, and have used that and I have actually opened a tab in my browser along with 26 other tabs. One of the, but um, his, Chris Watkins playlist, because there's a lot of value there mm. um, that Sashin provides about um, how we can try and give this, give this feedback. He talked about the immediacy of feedback being key um, and that we shouldn't avoid giving feedback and giving it straight away, didn't he? Which actually is is something that I think we heard probably on the estate agents podcast, um, maybe I heard it a, a little while ago, but I think that's so important. We talked about the vendor waiting, wondering, and that wonder always goes on and increases. I think that is a really big customer service thing to get that feedback out there straight away.
1: That, that for me was, and if anyone's listening to this pause it and go back to where we have this part of that conversation, but that part about avoiding the truth and, and delaying telling the truth, um, was I think the key part of everything that we spoke about in that conversation. Yeah. You know, that's where a lot of the problems in our industry come from people getting feedback that's negative about a property and avoiding telling them till a week later. And then it suddenly becomes so much worse. Whereas if it's like that and and, and it's done straight away it allows you to give you know, less than positive news or just it allows you to tell the truth. The faster yep. you do it, the easier the truth is to tell. You know, um, And that, that comes back to what we're talking about, response as well. Immediately, a response earns you the right to say, I'm going to ask you a lot of these questions because maybe you're the first agent that's asked them. So suddenly, it's a new experience for those people. And yep. they're like, wow, this is how it should be done rather than going through the motions on a Monday morning after they've inquired on stuff all day Saturday of being like, got the same questions again you know so what are,
0: your chan- what are your chances of actually getting decent answers to those questions if it is immediate so yeah. if you if you, because most people probably weren't like you on Saturday morning. I'm um, sorry to bring it back to you, Sam. But most people probably weren't like you. They probably inquired about three or four or five or six properties. So they've yeah. had those five conversations before that agent rings back on Monday. You're then not going to, you can't be bothered doing it again. You've done it five times, you know, and you're just going to completely ignore the mortgage question, ignore the conveyancing question. And, you know, you might even give them pretty loose buyer requirements as well.
1: Yeah, I think. um, over qualification or maybe multiple qualification is probably one thing that a great agent faces as their enemy most of the time, yeah. because unfortunately they're facing that barrier that's been put up by somebody else. Who's just asked the questions in an interrogatory manner, rather than the way that you and I've just been in sachin has been describing. Um, I like that, you know, he was talking. Uh, I think he used like message based communication is a way that a lot of people um, on their time are preferring to communicate. And so gone, maybe not gone are the days, but certainly you need to have an open mind about what the, like your daily KPIs are. Like my, my rule, I, and I'll talk about this to the cows come home is, is talk to 20 people every day, you know, and that used to be in the really early days when that rule was imparted to me by somebody still a lot smarter and a lot better real estate than I am, it was call 20 people a day, you know? but I've managed to evolve his thinking a little bit and I've evolved my own that if I can have a WhatsApp conversation with somebody for like back to back for like seven minutes, that's worth the same as a phone conversation to me because there's engagement there. People are, I was talking to a guy yesterday and we were just talking about how he's got the flu, but not the coronavirus, you know? (laughs) Um, and friends of the show, go to the guild. Feeling better. Yeah. (laughs) Fingers crossed. Um, but that, that's the thing, like communicate with them on their terms, you know? Sachin's providing a service where they get that fast response, you know, it's helpful and it's polite because of how insanely well he trains the agents that he has working for Olivia and they make sure that they have that quality conversation. It doesn't have to be a phone call. It can be whatever the person on the other side who matters most is comfortable with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that message based um, communication is becoming more and more normal now, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But He talked about, you know, how, um, it's got better engagement than automated email and and other tools i think the whole point of this is that we've got to as estate agents be accessible and allow our customers to communicate with us in the way that they prefer yeah so you know if you're just sending emails or just picking up the phone then you know you're going to not you're not you're not only going to annoy but you're not going to engage with a certain part of the market who would rather engage by message or by WhatsApp, like you yeah. just talked about.
1: And and on that note, it comes back to the point that you rightly made before: of ask the questions. So, as part of your qualification process, make it a two-way street and just say, look, you know, before we go, what's the best way for us to keep talking? Because I know getting fifty phone calls from estate agents every day gets a bit annoying. Yeah. So, is WhatsApp easier for you? And just shut up. And yeah. you know, their shoulders will drop and they'll be like, "Oh my God, Mark, thank you so much." For like asking that question, yeah, WhatsApp's totally cool by us, you know. And then it means when you get to the point of taking an offer and negotiating, the phone call means business. Yeah, and they have to pick up that phone, you know.
0: And also, if you're the only agent that asks that question, if they have got a property to sell, for example, and, yeah, you're you're communicating with them when other agents aren't. So who's going to get that instruction? Hundred percent. Nice, nice. Um, just before we move on to probably the best researched answer to our favorite question we've ever had um um, and commiseration, sam sorry sashing became the nicest guy in real estate um today but for a compliment to you so that's not too bad and i just want to mention as well i realized partway through this podcast your favorite alan down the road i work with an estate agent called alan Gentleman called Alan Kirkham, and I'm hoping that he doesn't listen to the podcast. But we might have to change that uh, if it was if he does listen. Then obviously that wasn't me- that wasn't meant or aimed at you, Alan. Um, but I'm hoping that he doesn't listen for uh, to, for this example. <laughs> I,
1: I do I do know an Alan down the road, and I'm 100 percent sure he doesn't listen to this podcast, and that's why he's Alan down the road. But we can change the name if you need it to be. We can go we can go Barry down the road or something like that.
0: Barry, yeah, I don't think I know an estate agent called Barry. Let's use Barry. <laughs> um, so. so so, um, moving on to Asshion's final final lunch, I, you know, I'm very impressed. He's obviously listened to our podcast. I think that's yeah, the first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but he talked about communication. Uh, about yeah. Agency, didn't he? I know, and I guess there's, there's no great surprise there with with what he does. But we're in the communication business, aren't
1: we? We are, and and that's I think that's the important thing to remember. You know, your job, you might get paid to sell or let a property but communication is what gets you there that's the process the best communicator is the best estate agent and and, you know to to hear that from a survey's mouth just reinforces what everybody we've had on this show and what you and i talk about every single week it's communication it's transparency being accessible responding quickly you know all those little the big things live in the little things all those little one percent things add up and suddenly you've given someone a fantastic experience and that's coming back to what Sachin does and does very well, that's what he does for agency. Make sure that ex- the experience that that agent offers their client base, buyer, seller, renter, tenant, investor, whatever it's going to be, is world-class every time. Yeah.
0: yeah, And that's that's so, so important. You certainly talked about those little 1%s we talk about, you know, good people making good estate agents and the communication is all, all part of that. So I was, um, I was really really impressed that he'd uh, he'd done that that level of um of research so yeah we should, he's, give, he's, we should give we should give our guests like more than he's a couple of days bar. notice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> every time yeah absolutely great stuff right well well thank you very much sam a massive thank you to to sashi once again um if you haven't looked his company go on and have a look have a look at those videos that he's done with chris watkin a um, really interesting insight into what people could do to improve their communication whether they work with, with him or not Um he's the nicest guy in real estate we're very happy um that he's been on and um, if you have enjoyed today's episode please like it out um share it with your colleagues and, and friends and um, we do this because we love our industry we want to see it, it get better i'm mark Worrell. he's been sam hunter thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week